DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. What is going on, Draft Heads? Welcome back to the Key Pass Collective. My name is Joe Williams. I'll be your host here for this episode. The Key Pass Collective, of course, audio companion to thedraftsociety.com. If you've not been to the Draft Society, there is still time before your drafts, hopefully, uh, to go to the Draft Society, hit up the draft kit, and um, set yourself up to absolutely dominate your draft. Um, during the season though, we should probably mention this during the season, we still have amazing benefits that uh, are available to both paid and non-paid, uh, members of the draft society. We would encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the site regardless, cause that's totally free. But, um, if you want to head over there, on your game week prep, you're going to get free articles such as sleepers, um, game week waiver wire pickups, uh, those kind of things every single week. You can also check out uh, our draft stats that we have available completely for free. Then there are also some insider benefits as well. If you want to join the inner circle during the season, uh, that's going to get you things like weekly player projections, confidential trade advice, ghost point trackers, set piece taker trackers, um, fixture difficulty track. I mean, there's, it's a lot. There's so much more than even that. And of course, right now we have the draft kit over there as well to prep you for your drafts. Um, so check everything out on the Draft Society. We are pretty proud of what we've done. And it's been hundreds of hours of work. Community, again, thank you for your support. We love you. Thanks for um, just constantly cheerleading us in our efforts. And we really do believe that the stuff we've been putting out is very, very high quality. So check that out. Get ready for your drafts and get ready to dominate the season. Okay, let's move right along. Today, well, we are in the eve of the biggest draft weekend of the season. So with the Premier League kicking off next weekend, we are on the eve of probably what's going to be, um, for many people, a sacred weekend. That draft weekend where you really, you know, it's been building up and you finally have this mixture of nerves, anticipation, excitement, energy, adrenaline, um, and it all melds together. Is that a word? Meld? Anyway, uh, melds together into one, and that is draft day. So that is right around the corner. And to help people out with that, what we thought we would do is get together and look at a couple of drafts that have taken place, and we want to talk through these a little bit. We want to talk through a bit of draft strategy, uh, what we've been noticing in our drafts, what we're uh, seeing as far as narratives that are popping up, the experiences that we've had and the experiences that we've heard of others having throughout the course of drafting this season. Um, is there anything this season that is particular to this season, or is it basically just kind of uh, another one of those get the best player you possibly can? Um, so we're going to be using, like I said, some actual drafts from the community without mentioning any names, but we will definitely be uh, diving into some player names throughout the course of our discussion. Uh, but 
we're not going to actually focus on players. What we're focusing more on is strategy. So in the early rounds, what are you doing? What are you seeing? What kind of trends are you seeing in the middle rounds? Are there players that you prefer over others, like positional types that you prefer over others in that area? Um, are there narratives that you are seeing develop? What about this whole idea of forwards being extremely limited? Is that real or is that not? Um, and then, of course, your late rounds. How do you approach late rounds? Uh, are there any players or player types to be aware of? Those kind of things. That's what we're looking to do today and get you guys absolutely ready for your drafts. Man, if you are drafting this weekend, best of luck. Um, again, mixture of fun and nerves. This is what it's all about. Just have fun with it. Enjoy yourself. And we're here to just get you prepped so you don't have to think about it on the day of. So here we go. 22-23 draft strategies. Let's do this. All right, so we are here with Ryan and Toddy, and we're going to discuss uh, some last-minute draft preparation. So, boys, let's talk about um, the early rounds. In in your experiences so far and, and in the, the drafts that you've seen kind of posted online, uh, what seems to be working for the early rounds? Like, what, what sort of strategies are you kind of employing or are you hoping to employ in your drafts that are still upcoming um, to try to, to dominate these early rounds, which are so vital where the, the ADP doesn't vary nearly as much as, uh, as the later rounds. Um, Todd, do you want to jump in first? Yeah, I think mainly, um, and it, this is especially good for us, but I think our listeners will appreciate that this as well, that, that there is definitely an overexposure of, um, what I would say is um, well educated or well researched or or um, just overall um, good fantasy players on on social uh, platforms. So okay, um, so I've seen like really really good drafts. Obviously, there are some. Um, wayward picks uh in every draft um but um i've seen some really good drafts so like going into this uh my main thing would be to to if you're still prepping for your draft uh to look out for for draft boards that are that are shared by the draft society that are shared by um respected members of of the draft community sure. to get to to gauge um a real sort of feel for how how um a real draft is going but then adjust those valuations um and expectations of where people or where, where players might go to to the actual um draft that you are prepping for so the like this is sort of before going into uh, details this is sort of the go-to thing i would i would uh suggest to every um person who's still planning their draft okay ryan how about you um i think from a positional um perspective I think you just save yourself a lot of uh, heartburn by by taking a forward um, round one or two if you can if you can help it. 
Um, I've seen uh, some folks struggle um, uh, bypassing uh, of an elite forward um, round one, and then you're stuck in late round three, early round four, and uh, most of the, the good forwards have, have dried up, but you feel like you, you need a forward, so you, you overreach for someone. So I don't completely buy into the whole forward frenzy because I think you can get some some really good uh, forwards uh, around uh, late round three. But if you don't take one in the first three rounds, you're, you're really pushing it. Um, so I would just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna wait on this, but let's let's jump into it. Forward frenzy. Um, this has been Sorry. a <laughs> no. You're fine. Um, Buried the lead. This is this has been a narrative. I mean, leading up to drafts, and of course, um, there have been people who have been dissenting voices. No, there's no forward frenzy. Relax. It's fine. Um, but I've heard from several people, and one of them is a good friend of ours who is in a draft where he is in the fourth round and realized that. Like you mentioned, Ryan, like the forwards are gone. All of the ones that I want as my forward, even forward one, maybe even forward two are just gone. And that could be a trend. That could be because, you know, someone tells you something's cool. And so you go and you go and buy it, even though you never probably would have bought it previously. Um, so maybe it's people buying into the trend, like like Uggs, for example, right? Like Uggs are <laughs> horrific. They're terrible. They, they look like dog shit. They're comfortable but, though, man. But every student in my high school wears Uggs um, because they're told that they're cool. And so now it's hard to find like cool Uggs in the stores because, well, cool in quotes. Anyway, you get my point. Uh, <laughs> so is this what's going on with forwards? Like, Toddy, you mentioned in, in leagues maybe that aren't as, um, I don't know, savvy. Do you think a lot of these forwards are going to fall? Or do you think people are going to find this problem no matter where they're drafting? I think this is like I'd separate. Um, th- this is two two issues for me. One is, is it actually happening? Yes. Is it going to happen in most drafts, regardless of how uh, well researched most managers are? Yes. Okay. But is it a problem if you don't buy into the hype? And I'd say no. Mm. So, um, and and I'll present you a team Please. that did not take um, the aforementioned route to pick a forward in rounds one to three. Okay. Okay. So this this team is um, Kevin De Bruyne, Alan Saint Maximan. Uh, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Matip. This is this is rounds one to five. No forward there. Wow. <laughs> uh, but that is like sounds like my wet dream. <laughs> and and I'll present another team from the same draft: um, Madison, Ward, Prowse, Trippier, who I think is early in round three, but yeah. re- besides the point. <laughs> and and uh, Watkins is the fourth round forward one for okay. this team. Um, 
I think all of the players uh, that we that I listed uh, at their spot were were either steals or great value. Um, therefore, um, if you like, if you focus on individual decisions that you have to make during a draft, um, then I think these teams make sense, and I wouldn't wouldn't bind myself into looking for a forward in the first three rounds if one doesn't present itself. Like, um, let's if if we want to do a just a minuscule case study for these two teams. That's uh, fair. <laughs> who can I ask a quick question? Who is the forward one for that first yeah, team that, I was that did one this, through five? I was about to ask the exact Bamford. Same thing. No, no, no. <laughs> So who's gonna be the forward one? You oh. mean? Who is the for? Oh, is this an ongoing draft? It, this is an ongoing draft. Uh, oh, for Christ's sake! Mid middle of uh, round five, uh, but um, most likely the highest um, ADP forwards available at at this point are Ronaldo, Richarlison, Mitrovic, Callum Wilson, Gianlucas Kamaka. Um, Martial, Bamford. So yeah, yeah. These the, one of those guys will surely be his uh, forward one. That sounds. That sounds really delightful. gross. It's. <laughs> I I I get it. I get it. It's not good, but okay. Do do this. Do this um, mind exercise with me. Um, I love a mind exercise. Okay, so. Let's let's say he's highest on the burner, so let's not pick apart his number two pick because no, that's not. that's a good yeah. one to do. Okay, so at two eleven, which is his second round pick. That's a tricky spot. He is picking ASM. The next forward to fall is at, as no, he's already gone. Oh the wow. next forward to fall is at three four. Ivan Tony. Tony. Yeah. And the next one is 3-8, Diogo Jota, who is no. confirmed out of the squad for the community shield. Yeah. Okay, so you go with the highest highest upside is Saint Maximan. 3-2, that's Odegaard. And the same forwards still remain. Okay, it's less of a reach. Yeah. To to reach for Tony at three two than at two eleven. But is for me, Odegaard is leaps and bounds better than Ivan Tony. I wouldn't go that far, but I I'm, yeah, I'm Jesus, probably still I love Odegaard too, but I don't know if I'd go that yeah, far either. No. I think he's I think he's 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 club, club captain nailed on most sets. I think he, he's safer and uh, this will, is score, the guy will that, score better. That, that plays like Freddie Adu, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Just, okay, got it. But hold it's on. Weird. Odegaard had plenty of weeks where, Todd, have you ever seen 10 Things I Hate About You? Yes. Okay. So you know the girl in there who says, I know you can be overwhelmed. I know you can be underwhelmed. But can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> I feel like Odegaard God, had, a, had plenty of weeks that were just whelming. <laughs> I mean, we are comparing him to Ivan Tony. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I'm not saying he's Ivan Tony without the the Danish magician. Without <laughs> right, the right. Danish magician, so yeah. 
Ivan Tony was, I think we talked about this in the last pod, maybe. Was he forward nine or ten or something like that before Ericsson came? I actually, um, Tony surprisingly fell to the late round three, and I was picking ninth, so I was a near the tail end of round three. And I went for Zaha instead. Like I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not huge on Tony, but I don't think it's leaps and bounds with with Odegaard. But I, I still rate Odegaard. Over him, yeah, so me too. Point point taken. Yeah, your point okay. still made, Toddy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was I was overexcited. <laughs> okay, and 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 the other and going going around the other way. So the fourth pick. Now that is where they are or where this draft is currently is 411 and the next guy to go is Havertz and he took Martinelli instead of Havertz which if you look at my rankings I am 100% behind although I feel that Martinelli is early again yeah in round four but but um there are definitely better midfielders and, and better um even better defenders maybe they're available than Kai Havertz um in round four. So so I think the the point here is focusing too much on filling positional needs um makes you make decisions that you you that make you lose team value. I would agree with that. Well, obviously, you got to caveat the fact that you don't want to be, you know, pigeonholed into reaching for someone just for positional value. I just feel like if you're between two players at a certain time, and one's a forward and one's a mid, you make your life a little easier if you go for the forward. And and I think in this draft in particular, it really depends on where you're drafting because you can get a great forward round three if you're drafting a little um a little later yeah yeah because that's where watkins falls usually or um sometimes tony goes that far or yeah 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 Yeah. but if you're that's if you're picking early if you're that second team yeah all the forwards are done after after round three and you yeah. feel like you're reaching for Mahrez or Tony early on. So I feel like this is particularly a problem for an early early drafter. Okay. So can we can we kinda come to a conclusion that maybe after pick eight you can um forego going for a forward in round one and two if you feel that you can see value in midfield or defense because that relatively like bulky tier of um let's say tier three or tier four forward that has Zaha, Neto, Vardy, Antonio, Watkins, maybe Jota now. That's that's a that's a big big chunk of forwards that that will start falling at the back end of the third round. Yeah. Like like here's here's an example in one of the drafts we're looking at. I'm not going to mention any names, um, but um, one of the guys who went 
uh, 10th, he went Saka, Bowen, and then Ronaldo. And now, of course, I wouldn't drafting today. I don't think we're going to go Ronaldo, but um, Watkins was still there. So he could have gone Saka, Bowen, Watkins pretty easily. And I feel like that's, that's not bad. I can see that. Does that make okay? So does, and and this is like going very deep into like positional and 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 draft pick analysis. But does that make um, Jesus, Nunes, and Sterling, who are typically those end of round one, mm-hmm. beginning of round two forwards, ones that you you may be able to uh, pass on in those 10, 11, 12 spots for someone like if if like a, a Robertson or a Madison or a Mount mm. or a Bruno comes to you. Yeah, I think so. Um, partial to Jesus, of course, but um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I would. I have... I have Madison ranked over all of them. So um, I've, I've seen, and I feel like uh, a lot of folks picking like 12 uh, are really benefiting off of that, that early reach for, for forwards and yeah, putting together squads with like Madison Saka uh, at the end of, at the end of the round. Um, So yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. God, that's such a sweet team. (laughs) <laughs> Madison Saka is so good <laughs> yeah and then you come around third round you can still get one of those uh, a Zaha Vardy or right, Watkins right. Uh, in the third yeah. and in the fourth you're just yeah it's you're cooking with gas you can take whatever you want exactly when that, that's when you just like revert to best player available yeah and then that might be when you I mean I don't know maybe somebody even like like a trippier falls to you there or you could even go Digne if you wanted yeah. to take him a little bit early. Yeah. Interesting. Well, okay. Um, so I think we've talked about most of our, our things that we were, were going to mention for the early round picks. Like I said, ADP doesn't vary as much for a lot of these early round picks. Um, we got into strategy. We got into the combinations of defender, midfielder, forwards. Um, are we good to move on to mid rounds or, or do you guys want to add anything to early rounds? Um uh, for me, not not uh, early rounds, but um, I'm I'm I can't recall if you mentioned this in the intro, but um, I'd I'd remind our um, draft kit and uh, ultimate pass subscribers to to make use of the live draft aid that uh, DraftLad has put together, which is an uh, like an amazing resource and and um it has it it actually it it supplements your draft um experience it's it's a it's a live web website that um uses your fan tracks info to to show you the players that are still available and show some advanced stats and some some of our um, draft society rankings in, ingrained into the system so that you can you can use um, your own ranks in your Fantrax site um, or your queue and then have the draft aid open 
um, to to help you with where we rank players and yeah. where we expect them to um, to perform because it has expected game starts, expected um, points per start, and expected war as well ingrained mm. into it. It, it. It's amazing. It it literally auto refreshes, and then you'll see picks go off the board, and it'll recommend. You know, if oh, are you looking for a defender? Here, here are the best ones available. Oh, are you looking for midfielder? Here you go. Here are the ones with the best, you know, um, ranking, the best like points per start. Those kind of it's just amazing. It's really cool. It's 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 really really cool. Um, yeah, good good call, good call, Toddy. All right, let's talk through the mid rounds, guys. One thing I wanted to ask you, because um, I've noticed this, and I was wondering if you've noticed this significant or maybe quasi significant uh, lulls. Have you guys noticed lulls in the <laughs> mid rounds? Like, like weird lulls where it's like, Oh, I know for a fact that I'm not taking a midfielder in this round, or I know for a fact that this is not a defender round. Like for the most part, again, it's going to vary based upon leagues, but I mean, generally at, at X position in the draft at, at X point in the draft, you can sort of bank upon like, yeah, there's not really many good like forwards here I want to take, so I should probably focus on this position. Does that make sense? Ryan, you want to kick this one off? Yeah, I would say mid-round five, I I don't want to pick any position. I just it's a fucking wasteland. <laughs> you f- you feel like you're reaching for everyone. Um and it's just so uninspired. I don't know why. It's it's so weird to to think that like mid-round five is like so less exciting than like early round seven but i totally feel like that with this with this draft um yeah i feel like mm, late four early five is when you start to see some of these kind of middling um defenders that are you have the elite defenders that are drying up um after i guess you say trippier although yeah i think he's he's overdrafted um the, once the Chilwell James Trippier um, dries up, then you start to get the the Dinier, who I still think is is decent value um, round four, and then you see people start to to reach a little bit for cash and Kukurea, I've He could be decent value there, but I'm still like not ecstatic about it. Um, and then yeah, you have like Target and Target, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't feel like round five is a good uh, defender round. Um, it's mostly people reaching for forwards that didn't get them, um, or or you're you're the meh uh, midfielders, um, the Harrisons, the the Gordons. I hate to say that, but I'm I'm, I'm slightly off of Gordon this this season. You're well. Um, yeah, I'm very whelmed. <laughs> whelmed by uh, Everton's entire transfer window. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's where you start to see some reaches uh, as well. So I'm not a big uh, round five guy. I feel like at round seven through round seven is when you can first get like another tranche of of, of decent uh, defenders, and then Without after reaching. round yeah, and then after round nine, it's like defender paradise. I feel like you can get some great <laughs> great values from like nine to twelve. Um, so if you're holding back on taking defenders until 
after round seven, I think you're you're still in good shape as opposed to what we talked about with not having a decent forward um, after after round three. So a lot of my draft boards, um, I, I hold off on, on most defenders until like round nine. Mm, okay. Toddy, what do you think? Uh, I had two thoughts, none of them uh, particularly helpful. Um, I, uh, is, Please share is, them. Is, 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 is a lull the opposite of a run? Um, like we, we, yeah. call, we call like when, when, when you feel that you're forced into... Yeah. Um, Goalkeepers picking. have a big run. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh shit. The first one that goes, and then you're just like, "Oh shit!" And then you just like see the next six picks or, or goalkeepers. Yep. Well, yep. some sometimes the first one goes in round seven, so you can you can say, "Oh shit!" Somebody is an auto. <laughs> yeah, that's when you make fun of that person. But yeah, but other than that, yeah, um, yeah, goalkeepers have a big run. But I I feel that sometimes there is like a forward run or a or a midfielder run or like like the forwards that I mentioned. In our last um, um, part, that 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 end of round three forward, those those usually go in a kind of a run as well. So a lull is the opposite. Um, and the other one I wanted to mention, I I, I had felt um, when we were starting to to do our rankings um, mid mid July that um, that actually there there is a there's a lull or there was now it's been populated a bit more, but there is, for me, there is a lull in expected valuation for end of round one and round two, like at beginning of round two, like there are these players that, that we are ranking like 12th or 13th or 14th. But for me, I, they either feel like a steal at 12, Mm -hmm. like Madison, or a reach at thirteen. So like there is there is the that five uh four or five spots that I <laughs> I, I wanna I don't want to put anyone there, if you know what I mean. Like sure. Like Yeah, you, you, they're hard to choose between. Yeah, you kinda expect some value if for someone you you pick at the beginning of second round and the guys we have ranked there I feel that may not fulfill that value mm. obviously you are gonna pick them there because all the others are lower ranked so yeah. they're fine there but it's just it's just that they're they won't feel they they won't um challenge for top 10 which is which is kind of what i want from my end of first round beginning of second mm. round pick to have a legitimate challenge at being overall top 10 player Hmm. And and with with this year's um, batch of end of round one, round, uh, beginning of round two players, I kind of don't feel that, and and that is similar to what Ryan said that at the end of round five he doesn't want to pick anyone because because obviously you see a lot of value later, but you kind of have an expectation of what a round five player should bring to your team. And there are no players like that on the <laughs> on the board available. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely an interesting um, concept. The laws. Okay, so so you've mainly chosen to talk once again about 
round one and two. Did you have any thoughts on the mid round study, which is what we're talking about now? Um, please, please uh, correct me. Um, yes, yes, love you, buddy. Yes, I have some. I have some thoughts on the mid rounds. Um, um, I for me, mid rounds are um, are the rounds where you kind of fill your roster yeah so you 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 have you have done your um drafts for value or you have done your choose your favorite best players uh whatever you you have chosen to to be your strategy in the early rounds and now you have to start thinking about um are my first round or early round guys going to be available week to week? You have to start thinking about how am I going to fill a starting 11? And yeah. for me, that I, I talked about uh, not looking at uh, positions for the early rounds. And I'll, I'll say this, I look at positional values and pos- positional needs much more in the mid rounds. Yeah. Definitely, because because that's where there is like this mesh of of value that that is is mostly dictated by ADP rather than expected uh, production. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, so mm-hmm. like um, like a, a player who is who is who has an ADP of like round six doesn't necessarily have that ADP or or you're not going to look at him in round six because you think that all the guys in round five are going to have a better uh, production. You are going to look at him in round six because that's where his ADP is and that's where you want to pick him. Right. As opposed to the early rounds where you are you have an expected valuation in mind rather than in the mid-rounds. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm taking from that, that that you should pay much less attention to ADP, not worry as much about whether or not you're reaching for a guy um, in the mid rounds, because who the hell knows? And um, ADP is going to vary so much from one draft to another that really you're just seeing an average, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. that's the A in ADP. Clearly, yeah. I'm, I went to high school. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's kind of kind of my point, and and I. For me, and this is different for for all draft managers. For me, the um, later you are, the more exponentially I'm open to to reaching for the guys I yeah. I like. Like like I know that um, Dewsbury Hall has an ADP of around 110, and he has a, a draft society rank of around 100, but I'm not feeling bad about picking him in round eight mm. because I like him. I um, and um, because the scatter in in picks is so big that even though he might be might have a um, round ten ADP, there might be another guy at the other end of the draft board that likes him and he'll pick him in round nine. And I don't want that. I want him, so I'm gonna reach for him. And I'm fine with reaching after like round five. Yeah. Round six, maybe. Okay. Ryan, this stir up anything in your brain? 
Not really. <laughs> All right. Very stimulating. That's great. Um, very whelmed. I, very, very whelmed. Uh, I have another question then for you. Mid-round defenders, are they worth it at all? I think I alluded to it. Um, you did a little bit. After, but like, I'm, after I'm proposing, Dine, I don't think they are. I'm proposing skipping all of them and just and resuming taking defenders in like nine. Yeah, there aren't there aren't many to be fair, so you don't have that many opportunities. But it starts with cash, and I think it it starts with cash or, or Matip, and I think it goes through Kukureya and Target. And I'm trying to think at the tail end of, of yeah, Tarkowski Delo Zinchenko. would be in there. Yeah, yeah, Zinchenko's going too early. Yep. in my opinion. Koulibaly. God, God, yeah. Yeah, Koulibaly. Yeah. The, uh, I know he had a ridiculous ADP, but I didn't think people would actually stick to it. But I did see him taken in like the fifth or the sixth. Um, yeah, none of those, none of those guys are really worth it in my opinion. So let's say you resume taking defenders in round nine-ish or ten-ish. You're looking at guys like. Um, potentially Pinnock falls that far now. Uh, Nico Williams, Cooper. Do you know when Pinnock is out for? I think it... I I haven't listened to... um, Shout out to Banta Boys, actually, real quick. Shout out to Banta Boys, who've been doing an incredible job um, bringing in community members to talk about the clubs they support. Um, If you've not listened to Banta Boys, they're doing just great work over there. Sanji's killing it. Um, he just did a, he just did a Brentford pod with Ollie and, uh, Ollie who works for Brentford and, um, tell, I can't tell remember the listeners his full name. Who? Ollie's. Uh, what, um, what's his full name? <laughs> Ollie Cobb, Cobchara, is it? I can't remember yeah, the yeah, full yeah. name. I'm sorry. I think, I think it's like it's, uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's yeah. Very regal. It's, it's Ollie Cobchara-Lambus. Yeah. I think it's Charalambus or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, Ollie rules. Um, and I've been spoiled to be in a league with him because he has a lot of really great insider information. But um, anyway, I, I does he take a lot of Brentford players? He, um, I can tell you in our doesn't mix business with pleasure. No, not really. Yeah, not really. I respect took, that. He took Pinnock and Tony in um, in my um, community league. Um, I guess we don't want to out him in case he has any other drafts. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. But um, I think it was a few weeks for sure. I mean, it was it was substantial. It was a yeah, substantial yeah. injury. It's not it's not something him. where it's like they're hoping for him to be back by game week one. Um, this is one of those yeah. things like you know, oh, thank God we just signed Ben Me because this could be trouble. Yeah, that yeah. Puts me off him quite a bit. Although, yeah, if he comes back quickly, you got a lot of value on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And before, like, I agree with what Ryan said regarding the mid round um, defenders. Um, and before listeners, dear listeners, um, start. start <laughs> You're buttering them up. Start, start <laughs> to comment. Um and and quote retweet uh, on this pod saying, ooh, but um, Pinnock was uh, overall twenty something scorer and whatever. Um, yeah, and there might be a few of these uh, mid round defenders who will end up being 
like top 50 overall scorer. I'm I'm not doubting that. But if you I am <laughs> I mean I mean do you want to see or listen to or have a look at um which unfortunately uninspiring defenders made the top o- overall top 50 last season because Jesus, i think like Janssen. i think there are quite a yeah. few um interesting ones um and, and it sucks too cuz i i like cash he's just going way too early right that's the problem with the mid rounds is you need to start like Tidy said, filling out your roster. Yeah, with, you're like, oh, I don't have a defender. This is the right. highest rated one available. I'm going to take him round four. Like, eh? No, but but you want <laughs> you want guys who are also going to return on the the promise of of war of being better than the average replacement, um, which we're going to talk a lot more about in the late rounds here in a minute. Uh, but you know, genuinely, you want you want to try to find the guys who are going to be an asset to your team. And and a lot of those guys you're mentioning, Toddy, that you know the the defenders who, oh hey, I bet you wouldn't guess that this guy's in the top twenty. Well, yeah, you wouldn't because week in and week out they got six points. And when you multiply six points times whatever thirty eight, like yeah, sure, they got a lot of fantasy points, but it didn't help you win any weeks. Yeah, that's that's what I was uh, gonna pivot to, like quality starts and war. Yep. Here are, we are again. <laughs> Quality starts. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> are are really the metrics to look at um, for these for these valuations for me? Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. As much as I joke around about your quality starts fetish. <laughs> <laughs> well put. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Cool, guys. Well, there's the mid rounds for you. Um, let's talk late rounds. I want to. Just since we were already talking about it, let's just let's just go ahead and move into this because it's a good segue. Um, I'm calling them war duds, W A R war duds, like milk duds, except for worse. Um, so basically, these are guys that people end up taking in the late rounds who are just barely better than a streamer, but you take them because they start, and you take them because you know they're going to get minutes. But the problem is they might have three weeks in a row where they get you four points or less. And then, yeah, they'll get a 13, 17, 19 point return looking at you, Douglas Louise. Um, but these are guys I, I'm calling war duds. I feel um, that there is some um, re- resentment. <laughs> a little, pent, little bit of pent up uh, rage. Yeah, probably. Um, it's all right. Dougie Lou. Love you for for the person that you are and for for the footballer you are, but not Man, the fantasy. You could essay. become, yeah, not, not the fantasy essay. Um, so I mean, is, do either of you want to touch on like late round upside versus like these barely better than a streamer guys? Yeah, I can quickly do that. Um, yeah, I, I I totally agree. Like, what's what's the point of taking, um, like a Hoy Bear or yes. a Jorginho? Yep in the 13th or 14th round when like you said if they're they're streamers you you're going to drop them at some point uh, and pick up people that are just like them to slot in your your lineup at the last minute during a particular game week it's better to just go high upside lottery ticket if they don't pan out no worries just drop them but if they do this is when the part of the draft can actually win you your league if yeah uh, yeah 
if you take a punt on them. So that's what the late rounds are, are really for. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Toddy, anything to mention? I was going to mention a couple of guys that I like late just to, to give an example to listeners of, of high war, high upside guys. Before you, before you do that, I wanted to mention and like an additional, um, psychological effect that, uh, comes with, uh, with drafting these guys is that, um, even when you're drafting them, you know that their value is going to be spotty, meaning that you do not have that much roster or rosterability um, sort of um, connected to them. Uh, yeah. For the lack of a better word. So I know so what like, you mean. Like, I'm picking up Lucas Moura in round 15. <laughs> And I have absolutely no qualms about dropping him even before a ball has been kicked. Right. And you know that you will. <laughs> and I know that I will. <laughs> whereas whereas someone like N'Golo Kante, Nabi Keita, um, who, who do Ibisuma, who you are picking those guys up to give you season-long value. Because if, if you're not, then why? And if you're picking those guys up to give you season-long value, then you're going to have to be attached to them and they're going to have to be attached to your roster mm. to actually provide the value that you have invested, however little it might be, Yeah, you have invested in your draft. So um, there is a psychological aspect to picking up um, Pontier or lottery ticket guys as opposed to um, steady, steady guys um, like like this, I think. Calvin Phillips, Sally March, um, who are some other guys like this? Uh, Iwobi, Elianusi potentially, although he was decent last year. Pontus <laughs> Jansen, like you already mentioned. Salisu. Joe Willock. Billing. Billing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean these. It's just and it, these are Benson the guys. Core. If Benson you believe in them, core, go yeah. for it. If you believe in them, go for it. If this is their breakout year and you are, you have that gut call, do it for sure. Do it. But if you're gonna pick them because you think they're gonna just like steady the ship, that late in the draft is not the time to do that. Really, the mid rounds are, are the time to steady the ship. Get somebody like a John McGinn right and steady the ship. Get somebody like a Jack Harrison and steady the ship. And no um, guard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Tillemon, right? who I, who I'm not <laughs> advocating on picking up, but a Joel Linton. Arsenal's going to get a steal on Tillemon, by the way. Yeah. Probably. Yep. Twenty million. Jesus. Anyway, um... I saw a swap <laughs> deal with uh, Bern Leno involved. <laughs> oh my! Michael's apparently going to Nice. I, I what? Thought I, I was high when him. I read that rumor. I just drafted him. <laughs> it was a weird one. It was like, uh, yeah, potential swap deal. Bern Leno um, involved for Tilemon, um because Schmeichel in a shock move is moving to Nice what in the League hell? One. I was like, what? All right. Well, this is new not to that me. old. I got so, him in the 16th, so I guess it's fine. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's played too much Football Manager. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I love it. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so uh, some of the guys like I wanted to mention, right? If you read my Crystal Palace article, um, and if you if you didn't subscribe to the Draft Kit, it's all there. Uh, but Crystal Palace article, I mentioned Hudson Edward, right? And so yeah, I mean, there's there's well documented uh, issues that he's had with the manager. Um, I think some of those are, are resolving themselves a little bit. But if you look at his numbers, he's fantastic. And if he can nail down a starting spot. He's going to be, I mean, he, his numbers blow JP Mateta's numbers out of the water. So Hudson Edward laid on as a guy I would punt on Callum Hudson, a doy. What if, what if Toddy's right? What if, what if Reese James does play right center back? And what if Callum Hudson, a doy gets more minutes this season at right wing? Imagine the value there. Imagine the war, the wins above replacement that he's going to have over some of the other guys you're going to get in the 13th, 14th round. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? These are the guys we're talking about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that reminds me, Toddy, I don't know if you'll enjoy this or not, but it just reminded me of this. So I'm going to just listeners as an aside. My wife has started um, when our dog does something good. She doesn't say good girl anymore because she thinks she hears good girl too much. So now she just says yes. (laughs) (laughs) So she'll say yes, (laughs) yes, yes. And it's actually pretty weird, to be honest. But um, anyway, those are the things that's going on in the Williams household. (laughs) Is, 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 Is your dog getting like cocky? (laughs) <laughs> for, be, because because she's heard good girl too much like i am a good girl right or, yeah and or, like i'm gonna push or, the boundaries a little bit i don't think so but apparently anyway yeah um all right well we can we can sort of start to wrap it up here boys but let's let's continue on with um the late rounds so we kind of have mentioned strategy a little bit but like in terms of particular not players necessarily because we're not trying to focus too much on players this episode really it's more of a strategy episode but are there positions like player positions that you're focusing on in these later rounds are there ones that you're punting on lottery ticket guys that um that you're really liking to kind of key in on in terms of position um as i mentioned the the nine through 12 is good for defenders but there's some, I think, defender value throughout the the late ones. Um, and then what I usually do in terms of like 13 through 16, um, aside from, from taking a goalkeeper, uh, it's those those random guys that might get a move before the before the window closes. Um, if you think Ben Teke is going to go to Wolves, uh, might yeah. take him there. These are the, the other type of lottery tickets, um, as opposed to like Hudson Adoy, who you know is already on Chelsea, not going anywhere, but he might just randomly uh, pick up a starting role. And so that's the, that's the risk reward proposition. These are the guys that if they get a move, then they're super valuable as opposed to if they're stay at their same teams, their value is absolutely fuck off. Yeah. So taking a, taking a bet and a position on, on that um, is, is a pretty good strategy for 13 through 16. However, okay. The travails of doing that are, (laughs) Or what, or what you can see is a case study from my last draft where I took <laughs> Nat Phillips and a host yes. of other folks who never got their moves. So, so did I. Shame, shame on me. 
Last year, yeah. Well, you and I were in the same boat last year. We took Nat Phillips. We took, well, I, I don't think you did this. I took Lingard in most of my um, <laughs> yeah, drafts. That was a popular one, yeah. Right. And and it was that was the same exact thing that happened. And so this year, I, I went safe, safe, safe. But yeah, still that's, decent that's guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I still stand behind it because, like, I mean, if I would have taken Hoyberry, I mean, I, I would have dropped him as well. So yeah, no, no guts, no glory. One of oh. these days, it'll pay off. Really quick, Ryan, I've seen people taking in the late rounds. I don't think I'm blowing up your spot here, giving away anything that you're like keeping close to your chest, but Fabio Vieira. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. He's one that I've like started to potentially revisit. Really? I don't I still don't see it. I think yeah. you're gonna drop him um after he doesn't start the first four games. Um, Are you gonna keep on keep you on roster for four games? Right. No, that's what I. That's the that's the decision I made early on when he when he came on. But yeah, there's just something about uh, the proposition of getting a player like that who's so creative and could probably put up a lot of points yeah. sneaking into the lineup. But it's the thing that makes it even, I guess, tantalizing enough to to punt on him. Is if the formation tweaks and there's a four three three and then there's an open central midfield roster spot and it goes to him because they spent almost forty million pounds on him and that makes more sense than getting him as a as a deputy and, and more depth um to Odegaard. So Ugh. Yeah, but then I you guys are you guys are pretty open in terms of uh you're you're sacrificing one of your defensive mids, which yeah. is dicey because it sounds like in that situation uh, Jaka loses out, especially yeah. especially like um, I think that limits uh, parties' effectiveness because I think parties good in two where he is able to step up. He, I think he's a really good ball killer, ball carrier, and he's a very good progressive passer as well. Um, yeah. So, in if he's the lone. Uh, DM, then he won't be able to do like if he if there's Odegaard and Fabio Vieira next to him, he's not crossing the halfway line. Yeah, um, but he's the only. The flip side of that is, um, it does unlock a bit more attacking thrust and creativity by adding that uh, extra midfielder and, and dropping Xhaka. Um So I think I don't think it's going to be a full time four three three. Although Party's really the only player that could play that lone pivot, but I, th- I feel like maybe in like a game, maybe Fulham at home, he might trot that out. So, it's it's a risk. I don't love it, but I don't hate it at the same time. I still think you're going to drop him game week three, but um, <laughs> yeah, one of one of those things. It's intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Tati, I have Tati, I have a similar question for you um, about another Fabio. Carvalho. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... I see people taking him late, and I, that's not the kind of lottery ticket I'm looking for personally <laughs> um, in a draft. But I, I'm wondering your thoughts on that as a Liverpool fan. Um, uh, it's a, it's a resounding no. Okay. Like <laughs> I, 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 I'd, I'd... Like a Powerball ticket. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd much rather Fabio Vieira. Uh, if if it was up to these two, um, he's he's an amazing talent, Carvalho, and I think he'll have 
games when he'll be streamable and he'll be good. But I, I think that there is so much uh, reshuffling going on up front uh, with with uh, Jota injury forcing Klopp to either um, give Nunes a baptism of fire yep. or... or um, <laughs> Revert or Bobby back, or or revert back to Bobby. Um, I just feel I just feel that it is an unnecessary risk. I haven't seen any injury news for the midfielders that would suggest that uh, they need to shoehorn Fabio Carvalho in, no. and and even even if there was an injury in the upcoming week or in the Community Shield. I think at this point, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, uh, Nabi Keita, Jordan Henderson, uh, Fabinho, and Thiago are all ahead of him yep. in the in the <laughs> roster depth chart. So um, there would be have to be a pretty decent uh, injury crisis to to make him a viable um, pickup even late. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I, I wanted to mention one last Please. thing for for late rounds, and and I love I love uh, Ryan's um, tactic of of looking for potential transfers in. Um, my other one for after round thirteen or round twelve, maybe depending on on how your roster is shaping up, is to just look at the first two or three fixtures yeah and and go for high upside punts especially focused on those few fixtures or or someone like um and and he's not a high upside punt by any stretch of the imagination but uh aston villa are playing bournemouth in in the first game of the season um and i expect someone like Tyrone Mings to rack up the aerials against Solanke and end up scoring six ghost points with another six or um, um, another six added for clean sheets. So 12, 13 points from a 16th round, 16th round pick. I think that's decent value. And, and same goes for someone like Jacob Ramsey, maybe who you wouldn't think about picking up. So try to think what would the Draft Society guys put in their Sleepers 11 uh, for Game Week 1 and go for those. And that will be debuting Game Week 1. Uh, so check that out because that is free for everybody. Job for us. Yeah, that is totally free for everybody. You can check that out uh, as well as our waiver wire article right before Game Week 2. So there you go. Um, awesome. Anything else? else guys in terms of the draft before we wrap it up god it's so close this is the eve of the biggest draft weekend known to man i I just are there any final things that we want to that we want to uh give listeners to prep them um let's pay close attention to obviously the the transfer window but more so in the sense that check right before your draft to see if any of these new signings have gotten into the system if so a lot of your fellow league mates might know that yeah. might not know that someone like Skamaka's in there he's not going to have an ADP so you can 
potentially get someone like that um, on the cheap just by being a bit more savvy uh, and knowledgeable that. and then just throw them on the draft board. Um, and yeah, you might get a, you might get a steal there. Um, but yeah, otherwise stick to your kind of plan. Don't panic pick uh, and just have fun out there. Yeah. Toddy. Yeah. Mine was going to be very similar to the last few, few um, seasons of uh, last minute advice trust the um figment of yourself that um spent hours and hours putting together ranks and when you're when you have your 90 min 90 seconds uh come up trust that self that that they made a good draft ranking uh, <laughs> board and pick based on your research rather than um what you see on the draft board happening around you yep dude my draft on sunday is 45 seconds it's like oh panic inducing um wow so yeah having multiple options ready to go is is the only the only way to not panic by there yep and i i would echo all of that um you guys are incredible i'm 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 so excited to get into this season uh we haven't mentioned yet but i'm i'm actually going to be be uh cracking open maybe a bottle of champagne probably a beer uh with ryan <laughs> yeah, uh, fancy yep with ryan for the start of the new season in person we're gonna get together have a little mini draft of palooza toddy you'll be missed my friend but um but yeah i'm so i'm so 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 excited and um just quick reminders if you have not yet make your own rankings over at overthinkingfootball.com get over there Make your own rankings using their advanced metrics. Uh, it's really super simple, easy. Um, it's not quick because you do have to rank over a thousand <laughs> players before you get your rankings, but um, it's worth it. So get your own rankings, make them based upon the actual numbers, not upon ADP. ADP is bullshit. Remember that going into your drafts. Um, all right, Ryan, adios, muchachos, muchachos. Adios. <laughs> Toddy, uh, adios to the muchachos and muchachas. Adios. And I got to say, really quick, one last thing. Speaking of muchachas, there have been a few more muchachas in the community lately. And, and I'm pointing out that. women who have been playing the draft game, uh, specifically on Fantrax, um, who've been interacting on not only on Twitter, but also um, who have become members on the site that we've seen who've logged in. And that's incredible. Uh, there's a huge space for women in in this fan tracks game and in the draft community we'd love to see some some women like kind of step up and and really take the mantle there and, and just become i don't know like huge voices in this community that'd be sweet but anyway i just wanted to say that's really cool something that's awesome that's happening recently okay draft heads best of luck in your drafts you got this relax breathe have a beverage but not too many dominate your drafts we're here if you need us Hit us up on Twitter. DM us. Um, yeah, let's start a conversation on Twitter, as I always say. Draft community, we love you. Take care. Best of luck. Cheers. Cheers.